This is a Shug the Dug production. Before we had political correctness, we had shipbuilding and shipyard shenanigans. Episode 6, Little Tykes and Fort Apache. Sonny, Wally Weedle and Billy Brun are seated around a table in a rough pub. I've never been in this boozers before. I heard it was a favourite pub for gangsters and villains. That's true. That's why Willie and me drink here. So are all the drinkers here gangsters? Nah, not really. Most of them here tonight are plain-clothed cops pretending to be gangsters. Right, shut up, Billy. Now listen, Sonny. As your claims manager, I've been working hard on your behalf. Everything's covered. The forms have been signed, but all your witnesses and submitted. I'm your prime witness. The seen you for. What about my bike? Forget your bike. Shut up, Billy. Right, none of that talk, kid. All your witnesses see you fall at the cherry picker. Now there's a faulty gate latch. But there wasn't a faulty gate latch. There is no. I sorted it. You don't have to worry about that side of things. That's why you have me. And me. Shut up. Now the safety department have verified it was a faulty latch. The medic has sorted the injury paperwork and securities on the board. For a cut, of course. A cut? Well, you wouldn't expect them to risk their jobs for nothing. No, I suppose not. How much of a cut? You leave that side to me. That's what you're paying me for. What's important is when you go into the meeting with the insurance assessor, never accept the first offer you're made. Never accept the first offer? Never. Never. Now get yourself up and buy a round. It comes off your expense account. I have an expense account? And remember, never accept the first offer. Within the yard breakdown hut, Smitty informs Louis he has finally sold his house. Hey mate, when are you going to fix my lights down the starboard hold? What? The horn hasn't even gone yet and you're done reporting a fault? When did he go out, pal? Tuesday. Yesterday? No, Tuesday last week. I've been reporting it twice a day since then. Aye, I remember it now. Last Tuesday. The good news is, you're approaching the top of the list. You should have you sorted by the weekend. Shut the doors, man. Can I tell my gaffer you'll have it fixed today? Let me get a quick copper and I'll come and fix them. Thanks, mate. You're too soft, Smid. A sucker for a sad story. Well, he had been waiting over a week. Aye, you're too soft. Would I be wrong in guessing you have a spring in your step today, Mr Smiley Face? Maybe. Could it be you checked a coupon for ten points and you've came in to pick up your favourite mug and perhaps to wish me a fond farewell? Alas, the mug like myself shall remain within this shipyard domain. Then it has to be your neighbour. She's returned your garden gnomes. He's accused you of stealing. Oh, he stole them all right. I'm just waiting on him, painting them and claiming they're his. The man is form. So what is it then? I got a call last night to say the house has been sold. We're moving out of the weekend. So I take it you managed to remove the graffiti from your wall? Correct. So who was that sap who decided to call Fort Apache their new home? He's a lad from the islands, taking up a post at the university, and he wanted a house close to the bus route. That tells me three things. One, he's not a car owner and won't have to face the regular disappointment of having it broken into, stolen or touched. Two, he's probably a Gaelic speaker and won't be affected by the torrent of verbal he'll receive. Aye. When I first moved in, I thought everybody had two rats. And three, he'll be hunting you down inside a week wanting his money back. You think so? Nothing surer. 
Goldfinger is being questioned by the accident assessor. Yes, I can see you have several witnesses, Mr Brown, all of whom seen you fall from the broken step on the wooden ladder. That's right. They all feckin' seen me fall. In your statement, it says you never seen any damage when you signed the ladder out from the store. No, but I must have been feckin' there, cos it snapped and I fell breaking my feckin' arm. On assessing the broken step, our technical inspector reports that it shows signs of being sawn. Would you know anything about that? No! I feckin' well don't. I don't know anything about that. Now we have a witness who says the step never snapped and that you fell from the ladder while scratching your arse. Was that that feckin' feely bum that said that? He shouldn't even be on the feckin' boat. He's a feckin' toilet cleaner. And a feckin' arsehole. I'm not at liberty to divulge the name of the witness. But I can assure you it doesn't say feely bum, feckin' or otherwise. I know it was him. He's a feckin' liar. Is it true, Mr Brown, that here in the yard they refer to you as Goldfinger. Aye, that's true. So what's that got to do with feckin' anything? And that this name Goldfinger is in reference to the fact that you're always scratching your arse, as in searching for gold. My feckin' yard name has got nothing to do with this feckin' accident claim. I wasn't scratching me feckin' arse. I was feckin' step that snapped it. That's how I fell. All right, calm down, Mr Brown. Pending an estimated time from work. I'll proceed with the claim and you should have an offer within two weeks. Aye, well, thanks for that. Will you show the next person in, please? (sighs) Take a seat, please. You'll be Sonny Smith. Yes, Sam. Ah, You're the chap that took a fall from the... Extending arm crane known as a cherry picker. How are your injuries? My ankle is still in a stucky, but they've taken the plaster off my arm. I've got to keep it in a sling. Ah, that's a positive then. Well, your paperwork is all in order, and the company have accepted 70% liability for the gate lock being inadequate. What does that mean? It means they have deducted 30% from the total claim since you should have noticed the lock was broken before you operated the equipment. 30% deducted? I don't know if that's such a good deal. (sighs) You're not one of my regular claimant customers here in the yard, son, so I'm going to give you some advice. That gate lock wasn't just broken. It had been hammered into submission, probably after your accident. I, uh, Hold on, son, let me finish. Now, the cherry picker you fell from was at a height of no more than six inches from the ground. And how do I know this? Simple. The ignition key to start the equipment hadn't been signed out and was still in the foreman's office. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh. Now, I suggest you have a look at the figure the company is offering. It's as good as you're going to get. Whoa! 
you will have seven days to consider this offer. And if you decide... I'll take it. Well, if you're sure, sign here. And here's your copy. You can expect the money in your bank account within the week. That's great. Thanks. No thanks necessary. I'm just doing my job. Oh, and when you get back on your bike, just be careful of parked cars. Malcolm, the new owner of Smitty's house, is alerted to a commotion outside. Here you scallywags, leave that car be. Get yourself away from there, you little tykes, before I get the bobby on you. What's that tyke? What's that bobby? Shut it, your knife. Yeah, take this. He's down. And, uh, look, he's left his door open. Sonny, Billy Brune and Wally Weedle are back sitting in the rough pub. I didn't realise there were so many people getting a cut. I'd been approached by others who said they would manage the claim for me. I heard through the grapevine wee creepy McCutcheon. And that toilet cleaner, Billy Bum, he gave me his card and said he would manage the claim for a fixed fee. See, read this. This isn't a business card. It's a square of toilet roll. F.B. McIntosh, fixed fee clam management. Sounds like he's dealing in fishy claims. Ah, nice one, Billy. Clams and fishy claims. Now let me inform you, Sonny. Creepy would have ripped you off. And as for Feely Bum, he earned that name. Aye, he wasn't always known as just Feely Bum. These situations are delicate. You're defrauding the company after all. I know, but from the two grand I was awarded, I'm only left with 15 quid. And don't forget, you've got a barbell run up in here. And you don't want to rip these people off. The missus has already ordered a new bathroom suite and carpets for the twins' room. This claim has ended up costing me money. Hold on, son. Billy? Aye, we had a whip run for you. There's two grand in that envelope. Ted McKenna contributed and Frosty McLean with a bit of convincing from Wally here. Stuck in ten, Bob. The list is in there with the money. This is great. Thanks, Wally. When you employ the best son, you can never lose. Now get yourself up at the bar and show your gratitude. Smitty is standing with Malcolm in the ruin of what was once his home. Yes, that's where I went wrong. I should have closed the door behind me. Wouldn't have mattered. When you went down, they went through your pockets for your keys anyway. Well, as you can see, they took everything. The couch, TV set, my bed... The kitchen sink and even the floorboards. I see. They couldn't have liked the wallpaper since they never took that. Over there they tried to pick off, but it had been pasted on. Did none of the neighbours call the police? I remember that was the last thing I shouted at the kids before they hit me over the head. The bobby's coming to get you. Yeah, well, that wouldn't have helped, other than get you a reputation. It would. Yeah, shouting that to kids is a no-no. Like, you know, someone called Robert Tugger would be known as Bobby Tugger. Back home on the island, our Bobby was called Mr. Pooler. So he was known as Bobby Pooler. Yes, the legends which are Bobby Poolers. 
Well, two bobbies did turn up apologising for not getting there sooner, saying that they had received seven false alarm calls at the same time. Yep, organised crime. I take it I never caught anyone. They did catch one of your old neighbours rolling up the turf on my front lawn. It would be him at the back of me. Hooky. Aye, that's him. They also found a fence in his house, which was strange as it was a dividing fence between the two gardens. That old scam again. When I moved in here, he asked me to go half on a fence. Here was me presuming he was buying a new fence. One of the other neighbours told me he'd previously taken the old fence down when I moved in. Aye, well, he'll not be getting away with that one. I'll be inviting my brother down from and telling him to bring a trailer load of sheep. If he wants to keep them out of his garden, he'll be putting the fence back up. So you don't want to sell the house back to me? Not at all. I'll be getting the insurance to fix this place and find me a couple of big dogs. Right, that should do it. Louis, entering his flat, surprises a thief. Hey, you, you thieving shit. You must be Louis. And I'm not thieving... I'm just emptying the house like I was told to. Emptying the house, is it? Well, let's see flying for a veranda. Two flares up is another one of your talents. <laughs> Who's this? Mm. <laughs> you can stick your double glazing right up your ass, and if you phone me again... I've told you, you can stick to double glazing where the sun doesn't shine. Oh, it's you. No, neither her or my dinner are here. Yeah, I'm moving back. It's my home too, you know. What do you mean she sent somebody around to empty the place? Right, I need to go. I mean, you see your maniac of a daughter. Tell her she's dropped me in it again. Oh, and could she come down to the cop shop and bail me out? <laughs> Having been arrested, is being escorted to a police car. You've got the wrong man, officer. It was me that called the ambulance. It was you that chucked him over the veranda, sir. He was robbing my place. He was from the charity store instructed by your wife to empty the place. My missus is a lunatic you should be arresting. Mind your head. Ah! This has been a Shug the Dog production. The circumstances are real. Only the names have changed. Shipyard Shenanigans was devised by James T. Tiffany. This episode was written and directed by James T. Tiffany and edited by Samson Video Productions. Produced by Shug the Dog Productions and recorded at Headhunter Studios, Glasgow. The music was obtained from royalty-free sources. The role of Louis was played by Chris J.W. Healy. Smitty by John Hughes. Sonny and Tallboy by Neil McDonald. Billy Brun by Gerard Rogan. The Assessor by William Sampson. And The Policewoman by Beverly Sweeney. Goldfinger, Malcolm and Wally Weedle by Tony McDonald. Short Worker by James Tiffany. The Second Kid by Ava Duncan Corral. And The First Kid by Caden McGrath. The narrator was William Sampson. <laughs>